Welcome to the Meb Faber Show, where the focus is on helping you grow and preserve your wealth. Join us as we discuss the craft of investing and uncover new and profitable ideas, all to help you grow wealthier and wiser. Better investing starts here. Meb Faber is the co-founder and chief investment officer at Cambria Investment Management. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Cambria's funds on this podcast. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Cambria Investment Management or its affiliates. For more information, visit cambriainvestments.com. Hello, podcast listeners. Today, we have a short episode. We've done these in the past. We could call it a MEB episode or just a short piece where I'm going to read a recent article I've penned or follow up on an older article. I think these are a lot of fun. It allows me to kind of riff on some ideas in longer form. This will probably be the first of about a half dozen. We may start publishing these on Mondays every Monday or do a Q&A on Monday. If it gets to be too much, too little, you hate it, you love it, give some feedback at themedfavorshow.com. Would love to hear what you think. So the first one is a follow-up to an article I penned in 2014 called Cloning the Largest Hedge Fund in the World. And for many who aren't familiar with the hedge fund space, the current largest hedge fund, and they go kind of like horses or cars around a track in and out of first, second, 10th place, go out of business, start a new business. But Bridgewater, everyone's favorite. It's become quite a bit more publicity friendly over the past few years. Founded by Ray Dalio in the 1990s, has been doing a lot of publishing lately. He's had a couple of good books, Principles and the Debt Crisis book. We'll post some show note links. But last I checked, they were over something like $160 billion. They employ over 1,000 people. In fact, you can find a lot of their writings online. And if you want to know more about the, how uh, the economy works and other ideas, they have some fun videos that talk about that as well. They have two main portfolios. One is called All Weather which if you go back to the very origins of the blog, was one of the ideas and concepts we posted to the blog because they were talking about risk parity and how if you're building a portfolio, you don't necessarily have to accept asset classes prepackaged. And what I mean by that is, and what they meant by that is, so say you have equities. Well, equities are inherently leveraged. They have debt. So do real estate sort of investments, real estate trusts. So there's no reason necessarily to take equities at a full notional value. You could say invest half in equities and half in cash. And same thing with bonds. You don't have to accept bonds, government bonds at a certain volatility level. You can leverage them up or leverage them down. This sort of theory has been around for a long time, well over 60 years, going back to the days of Markowitz and Sharp. But anyway, it's a lot of people have repurposed it into how to build the ideal portfolio in Bridgewater, among others, call it risk parity. But really the concept, certainly we found an old book that had published a portfolio that was pretty darn similar called All Weather, even before the Bridgewater All Weather portfolio came out. So it's kind of funny how everything old is new again. But Dahlia also often mentions in a lot of his pieces, this is how he would invest his money for his trust and for his family and future generations if he passed away and needed a simple allocation for his children, et cetera. It meant to be kind of a buy and hold and rebalance portfolio versus their second portfolio, which is called Pure Alpha, which is meant to be their multi-strategy, go-anywhere alpha portfolio. So he's kind of separated this concept of beta and alpha and thinks that you should separate them as well. And beta is something that you should pay very little for. We've often been on the record saying you should pay nothing for at this point. It's basically zero 
is what you can get a portfolio of ETFs. You know, we launched, I think, the world's first ETF with a permanent 0% management fee under this sort of same theory. But you can find some more information on their website. They got some fun articles. Risk parity is about balance, engineering targeted returns and risk, which is one of my favorite names for a paper, etc. So here's a quote from the Risk Parity is All About Balance article. So since 1996, and this is Bridgewater, of course, our all-weather approach has been stress-tested through significant bull and bear markets and equities, two recessions, a real estate bubble, two periods of Fed tightening and easing, a global financial crisis, and periods of calm in between. Through these varied environments, all-weather asset allocation mix has achieved a sharp ratio in line with the expectation that we established at the outside strategy and also in line with performance over 85 years of back-testing. And that's always good to see. You have a portfolio that does well in real time, always makes you feel warm and fuzzy versus just the back test. So what we did is we did a thought experiment. We said, you know what, why don't we look at the all weather portfolio to an extension pure alpha and, and see if we could tease out any information about what they're doing. And hey, you know, as, as everyone knows, I wrote a book called Invest with the House, which is free to download on cambryinvestments.com that clones hedge fund managers. But I said, can we do it on this allocation concept too? And so we published a chart, which will be in this post, and it's also on my Twitter feed. But it shows the real-time returns of all weather all the way back to its inception in 1996. And then we said, hey, I wonder how this compares to the simple global market portfolio, meaning we talk a lot about this, but the global market portfolio is roughly if you invest half in stocks and half in bonds. If you bought all the public assets around the world, it's roughly half stocks, half bonds, half U.S. and half global ex-U.S., and so it turns out if you take this portfolio and compare it to so when we wrote this in 2014, it showed that all weather did better than this global market portfolio, but it did so with a little more volatility. And as we know, this risk parity strategy actually uses some leverage. And so we try to dial in about the right level of leverage, in which case the GAA portfolio, when you applied about 40% leverage, so meaning 140% notional, you got to about a near identical equity curve is the risk parity all-weather allocation. And again, it's it's roughly the global market portfolio. And we did this all market cap weighted, so no value or anything else, but a pretty simple apples to apples comparison. And the results, when we actually walk this forward since 2014 is the, and we call it GAA for global asset allocation, not, our, not referencing our fund, but referencing the portfolio we published in our book many years ago, as well as this article, GA and GA 140%, which is the leverage version. So all weather since 96 through 2018 did returns of about 7.5% per year. The non-leverage version of GA did almost 7. And the leverage version did 8.2. So obviously one less, one more. But the volatility is roughly in line. Volatility of all weather was around 11%. The non-leverage GA was around 8 and the, and the levered version also around 11%. Sharp ratio also very similar. All weather was around 048 and then the GA and GA leveraged around 0 0.5, 0 0.6. Drawdown for all weather was pretty high. You know, a lot of people for buying whole portfolios, 33% uh, drawdown seems high, but we've written a lot on this and you basically can't find a buy and hold allocation that doesn't decline by about that much at some point. And a lot of people aren't aware of that fact, but really you, you can't find much that you're really hard pressed to find something even hypothetically that doesn't decline by at least a quarter at some point for sure. And, and on an after inflation basis, it's even higher. So the drawdown for the GA and the, and the leverage version, same ballpark, 27 to 36%. So the cool part, again, when we took this, wrote this in 2014, they were neck and neck. And then at real time, the global market portfolio is outperformed by quite a bit. That probably has something to do with all weather having much higher allocation to bonds, but it's good to see that it's, it's worked in real time. Now, to be fair, 
A lot of people would say, that's pretty cool, Meb, but Dalio and company built this in the 90s. So part of their, you got to give them credit that, you know, they did it in real time with real money. And I absolutely hat tip to that. But also, it's good to see that it's such a simple allocation you could replicate for almost free. Now, to be fair, they would probably also say that Pure Alpha is their flagship strategy. That one is one that has, again, similar returns over the period. But the beauty of that one, so that the all weather has about a 70% plus correlation to the buy and hold, whereas the, the Pure Alpha, which is the go anywhere multi-strategy fund that charges a lot more, I think it's two and 20, or there was a recent article where they said you could also just choose a management fee, you know, something like 3.7% per year. But hey, they did it net after fees. And so they end up in the same place. So the returns aren't necessarily, or volatility is not necessarily better, but the drawdown was low. I think it was 15%. And even more importantly, there was almost no correlation to a traditional portfolio. So a lot of the things that Dalio has arrived at with this concept of you have a buy and hold anchor, and then this pure alpha, what they call the, the go anywhere alpha portfolio is actually pretty similar in concept to our Trinity portfolios. And while altogether different in how they construct it, it has this concept and, and, and Bridgewater has rolled out what they call optimal portfolios, which is probably, and I don't know the exact number, but about half in buy and hold and half in pure alpha. And something similar that we've done with the Trinity, which was half in buy and hold allocations and half in trend following type of allocations, with part of the reason being risk and return statistics, but the other part of the reason being behavioral, where a lot of people feel comfortable with the buy and hold portfolio, but a lot of people also want to try to add some value. And But the challenge with value-added strategies is you often look different and weird. And 2017 and 18 was a great example where, or excuse me, 18 and 19, where you know buy and hold look really smart for a good part of 2018 and then really foolish in Q4. And then trend following looked much better and then flips again in 20, 2019 where buy and hold looks brilliant again and trend following not so much. But that's the nice part of that strategy is it offers somewhat of a yin yang when they're not correlated. So the good news to wind down this post is you don't have to pay Bridgewater half a million dollars, which I think is their fund minimum. You don't have to have a $5 billion fund, which I think is their minimum on AUM. You can actually replicate a lot of what they do on their all-weather strategy just by buying the global market portfolio for a near zero cost and rebalancing it once a year. If you feel particularly aggressive, you could do so with leverage, whether actual leverage or simply allocating more to your strategy than you would to your cash balances. Listener, beware. One of the Worst practices of a lot of the brokerages is they charge extremely high margin rates. So if you don't know what margin rates you're paying and you're using leverage, you're probably paying way too much. And these are the big brokerages too. So Schwab, Fidelity, et cetera, are often guilty of charging 9 10% margin rates. So be very thoughtful about that. If you are going to lever, be cautious about what you're actually paying. But there's plenty that don't charge much either. But in general, we tell people leverage probably isn't that necessary. You can build wealth without doing it. So we're going to wind it down. I hope you enjoyed cloning the largest hedge fund in the world. As always, you can find more at mebfaber.com forward slash podcast. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you think about these shorts. Feedback at themebfabershow.com. And if you got any ideas for articles, updates, suggestions, uh, let us know. We love to read them. Thanks for listening, friends, and good investing. Good investing.